we've reached another milestone today. Do you feel tired? <laughs> I feel like I'm tired. I've been tired since March. Do you feel talked out? No, with you, never. Okay. The milestone, my friends out there who are listening to us uh-huh. and those who have been with us for what, years? At least 35 years, my entire life. Okay. <laughs> we have just reached 4,025 minutes. Actually, that's not true. We've reached 4,022 minutes. Okay, by the end of this episode. (laughs) 4,004025 by the end of this episode, because this is episode number... 175. Times 23. Let the confetti fall. Woo! You know, we do this every time. Every time we hit a, a multiple of 25, we always talk about a big milestone. Do we really? We do this usually. I yes. didn't know that. Yeah. Well, was, was I there? <laughs> you were. And that was when the other pastor was that, working with you. You're the only one. You can never even blame that on. I am the one and only. You can't blame that on another guy. It's hard when yeah. you're the only one. But I'm the only one. Hello, Hi, everybody. I am Father Herb and my colleague for 4,022 minutes so 4, far and counting 22. has been Michael Puppis. We should be singing Seasons of Love. 4,000. What is the actual number? Um, 5,000. 5,000. No. How, how do you not know that, Mr. Broadway? I, well, I know the song quite well, and it's, but I don't remember the number. It's 525,600. 525,600 How minutes. many? Okay, let's do that math. Divide that by 23. How many episodes? 500. <laughs> this is great. No, 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 no. That would be... Uh, if we're both still doing it at that time, that's going to be a long time. That that song, by the way, is from Rent, and yes. Rent Rent has been around since before the turn of the millennium. Yes, because it takes place in the 1990s. Great musical. Yes. Okay. Here uh, we let, are. Here we are, and not only is this number one seven five, it is the last Sunday of the liturgical calendar, which is always known as the Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ the. King of the universe. And that's what it is now. When I was growing up, when I was growing up, the Feast of Christ the King, which is the solemnity now, it's been kind of up, upgraded. <clears throat> it got an upgrade. Frequent, got, <laughs> it had frequent flyer miles. He's got leather seats now. But uh, when I was a ki- ki- king, when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, you got it, a downgrade. <laughs> it, it was celebrated in October. Did, oh, really? Did you want to know the history of Christ the King, how it got started? I would love for you to tell us. 1925. Ah, I remember it well. By by church calendars, that's a rather recent feast. Uh-huh. Pope Pius XI was very concerned. Remember, this was not long after World War One. A lot of nationalism going on. The 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 Soviet Revolution had taken place. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of uh, people thinking like the the state runs the the world, Uh, nationalism, um, materialism. And the Pope felt at the time, we need to remember that people and remind people to turn their attention to God. God is the center of the universe. So he started the Feast of Christ the King. And of course, there are references to Jesus as King in Scripture, but it really brought it more into... um, into view, so not even not even a hundred years ago, yeah, ninety five years ago, and so it was started in October, 
And it was always the last Sunday of October, which would be the Sunday right before the Feast of All Saints, which is November 1st. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like Jesus is the center of the universe. And then we celebrate All Saints because people who have recognized Jesus as the center, the king, Mm -hmm. they are the saints. And then when the liturgical calendar was uh, updated after the Second Vatican Council under Pope Paul VI, and they came out with a, a, a three-year cycle of scripture readings, they said, let's put it at the very end of the year. So we go out uh, with, with a, a bang, with a bang, with a lot of joy, <laughs> and basically dedicating the whole past year to Christ the King. Yeah, I think it, it's a great culmination, I think is a good word, of you know, kind of everything we've celebrated as we launch ourselves into the new liturgical year that is to come the following week, which of course we know is Advent. Which is Advent. Hey, so I have one other thing. This is totally off topic, but I, I don't know if you know what t- today is. We're recording on Tuesday as normal. Today is Tuesday, the 17th of November. This is like your holiday today. It's National Go for a Hike Day. Is it really? You need to get some trail mix and get out of here. National... Go take hike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say that not so subtly. No, so it's go take a hike day. The problem is it gets dark at 5:30 now, so it's going to be very hard to get a hike in today. But I thought you should know that of of all people in my life. Okay. Well, I do have some afternoon appointments, but they are all remote. So I could be sitting on a bench in a park. You could with with my phone, uh, FaceTiming somebody. That's the real work of a pastor. Uh, tonight is RCIA, and we're doing that on on Zoom. Uh, we really are trying to keep uh, a great distance for people. We all know COVID is moving aggressively across the state, well, across the whole country right now. Yeah. So uh, here at this church, we still have Mass. Uh, and you and I, by the way, we're doing this recording in the same room. We but are. What, we are about 12 pe- feet apart from each other? If not more. We're, Probably 15 feet. It's how, it's how about I as prefer close it. as, as yeah. I dare to get to you. I'm fine with this going forward, really. After the vaccine comes out and everybody uh, is back to normal in about 25 years, we can still stay apart. That's we can still stay apart. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Christ the King. This is not a country with a king, and that's very important. Uh, our founding fathers made it a point of not having a king. We call it Christ the King, but this particular week, this particular year, the image is really much more like a shepherd than about a, a, a king on a throne. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a mention of a throne in the gospel, but it's an image of really a shepherd. The first reading from Ezekiel uh, chapter 34 is all about the shepherd. We're not going to read it right now, but we will read the gospel, which is a very, very, very famous passage, but we're going to give it the context. So Michael and I are going to break this into two parts. We've three, been rehearsing. Th- three, three parts. We've been rehearsing He all gets week. the first and the third, and I get the middle part. Before we recorded, Father said it's like an Oreo today. It's like an Oreo, <laughs> and I, I get to be the, the middle part. And for context, just in case you haven't been paying attention, we're still in 25, chapter, chapter 25, 25 of Matthew's Gospel, the third and final section uh, this weekend for Christ. We've had three weeks in a row. It's been very exciting where you just take uh, a chapter and you read it straight through over three weeks. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. I've been ready since the day before yesterday. <laughs> a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, 
when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or ill, or in prison, and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, What you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. That's it. Throw what, the confetti. What more can be said? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so powerful and so hard for people to really grasp the, the significance of this passage. Uh, first of all, first of all, think about it. Hunger, thirst. By the way, we're, this Sunday is our food drive. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so we're going to have people bring in non-perishable foods. There's a truck in the parking lot. I was hungry and he gave me food. I was thirsty and he gave me a drink. Have you ever been so thirsty that, and you just had to beg somebody for a drink of water? I have not. But I do remember reading, remember the book, um, I think it was called Wild, about the woman that hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. Oh, yes. And she talks very, very vividly in her, her recollection of her hiking, speaking of National Hiking Day, um, being so thirsty and having no water. And she knew within a few miles she was going to get to... Um, a little canteen that would have some water in it that she could refill her her water bottles and when she got there it was completely empty and the the desperation and the um what, what she was feeling as a result of not having water i mean you were it was like you were right there with her when it, I in the sonora desert in the southern part of arizona where a lot of um, migrants come across the border there are people who go out and they fill containers with water there so if, if some of the undocumented workers are coming through and they're 
usually by that point, they are dying of thirst, mm -hmm. that they'll find water. Water is pretty much the ultimate lifeblood. Yeah. We just need water to survive. It's a good, I, I drink a lot of water during the day. I don't know about you. I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Which is made from water. So I think it counts. I don't know. But anyhow, so there's thirst. The third one, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I don't know that we do so well on this one. And either in the bigger sense or the small sense. The small sense is, have you ever noticed when people come together, they love to talk to people they already know? Oh, it is. It is it's the, almost in any group. I don't think it's uh, unique uh, to this world or this country, but I see it sometimes at wedding receptions. You, you go up to the people you already know. When I was a youth minister, you know, that's something that you're always very conscious of. The kids coming in that know one another and hanging out. And then the kids that come in that really don't have any friends either because they're from another school or maybe they're just a little more shy and how you include them. But so many times I find myself as an adult doing the same thing, you know, talking to either people that you already know or somebody that nobody, nobody likes awkward small talk or awkward silences, right? Like nobody, nobody willingly enters into a situation like that because it's something they enjoy. At least I have not. Well, I've had some people say, I just came to church and I wanted to sneak in the back. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Sure. But I, I believe behind that, they want to be acknowledged. Sure. Maybe they don't want to have enter a conversation, but they want to know that somebody noticed they were there. I find myself, if especially in a, in a ministry capacity, and I would say you're would be very similar. If if we know that our job is to talk to people that nobody else may be talking to, or just to go up and strike conversation with somebody, we can very easily do it. That's why I've been talking to you 175 times. <laughs> but I I wouldn't say that's my natural go to. Like I I would very much just rather talk to people I know or <laughs> I would say more so than previously in my life I just enjoy a little bit of quiet time and and I feel like I'm I'm becoming more introverted in terms of how I need to recharge the older I get well I want to take this to the other level I said a stranger and you welcomed me and I said that personal thing but let's also look at the bigger picture did you know that right now in this world, the latest statistic I found was 70, 70, 70 million people are considered refugees. Wow. Now, some are within their own country, but they had to flee the part of the country was, that was at war. Mm -hmm. So we're talking a lot of different parts of the country from, from Southeast Asia to Northern Africa to uh, different parts of uh, Latin America, some of the Caribbean islands. I mean, there's just a whole lot. Yeah. And if you read, and I know you've been reading Pope Francis encyclical Fratelli Tutti, mm -hmm. he often refers to borders. And uh, sometimes he refers to borders very literally. He's talking about the borders between countries. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he's talking about borders figuratively, mm -hmm. how we, we create boundaries between ourselves and other people. But, you know, he's basically saying, borders are troublesome we have to welcome the stranger and that is so strong in scripture and uh you know the church doesn't say open borders that's not what the church says but the church does say you have to treat everybody with dignity and respect if they have crossed legally or illegally i just finished the book cast 
Yes. It's talking about different um, hierarchies, uh, you know, arbitrary hierarchies that humans have created uh, based on either race or social class, whatever it may be. And there was an interesting commentary about a man from India, and India has many... Yeah, the, ca- the caste system that's been around forever. And he was born into the very top caste in India. So he grew up with uh, people in his home, you know, cleaning and cooking and, and doing things. And when he was 10, his parents decided to move to the United States. And, of course, in the United States unfortunately a person of color would be considered to be in a subordinate caste. And he was talking about how moving from one country to the other, he, he was trying to figure out as a child, he didn't change at all, but his status completely changed just by moving across the ocean. Um, But he was still the same person. I I want, yeah, that that's so true. And because again, you, you mentioned color, uh, we have a growing number of people in this country of different complexions. And in the long run, I would say that that is one of the healthiest things that can happen. But there's always a, a backlash. And, and people have come up with all kinds of quote-unquote justifications for being anti, anti-migrant, anti-immigrant. Sure. And you can come up with a list all day long, but that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says, welcome the stranger. When I hear this passage, I think um, how we kind of converted our confirmation students years ago from just doing, you know, quote unquote service hours to actually assigning them. You know, this passage gets called the, you know, the corporal works works of of mercy. mercy and kind of encouraging our families to figure out how we can live out these corporal works of mercy in preparation for for confirmation. And a lot of the students and families were very creative in the ways that they were able to do this. Yeah. I was naked and you clothed me. Of course, we just had the clothing drive. So some people don't find that one to be as challenging. Um, I was ill and you cared for me. Now, to really care for somebody that's ill, especially if they're not in your own family, um, how do you care for somebody with COVID? How do you care? I remember back in the 1980s, caring for somebody. I didn't do it personally, but um, I remember a friend of mine was caring for somebody with uh, AIDS. Mm-hmm. And of course, at that point, it was almost like you felt like if you even touched somebody, it was, it was the leprosy of the day. Sure. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so uh, caring for people. In prison, and you visited me, and how many times... In prison, you know, we are very judgmental. Mm. And, of course, most people are not able to go into prison. No, I have actually no experience with prison ministry. I know that was a very active part of your priestly ministry, though, when you were in Mansfield. It it started with uh, the Juvenile Detention Center in Lucas County. And then I did, did, over the years, every so often, I'd go to a county jail if somebody had been arrested. And being locked into a cell once in a county jail with a man who had just murdered a kid. And they literally locked me. They, I wanted to see the person. They put me in the cell with him and slammed the door. I was locked in mm. with the murderer. That opens your eyes quite a bit. Now, I wasn't really afraid of him. At the same, I knew the guy. But at the same time, I also knew that there's so many un, 
predictables. Now, that probably would not happen again today. Sure. But that's what happened. But anyway, here's the point you got to remember. When Jesus says, I was the one and you, you visited me. I was the one who was hungry and you gave me food. I was the one that was thirsty. And the righteous say, oh, really? We didn't see you. So it's not like I see Jesus in the poor. They saw the poor as the poor that had a right to some attention. Mm. They recognized the dignity of each individual, whether it was a, a stranger from another country or a stranger in the group. They, they saw the sick person. As everybody has some dignity. And Jesus said, because you treated them with dignity, it was doing it to me. So this idea that we have to quote unquote, see Jesus in the poor is not the way the gospel is written. Mm -hmm. I think too, a lot of this comes from when, when we feel as though we're in the position of power or um, privilege. But I think more than ever in this time of uncertainty and this pandemic, we've seen how those tables can turn very quickly where you know, we hope that people would treat us the way that we would want to be treated when the tables are turned, right? And so it's easy to think when you have the upper hand or you, you do have, you know, food on the table or you do have a place to call home, wherever it may be, it's easy to look down upon others because it's not the situation that you're and, in. And then, or pat ourselves on the back because we did something right. Yeah, it makes, know, makes me feel I, I served good. the Thanksgiving dinner and it made me feel so good. Yeah. It's nothing about me, you know. I, I used to tell people, if you go to the soup kitchen, I, I'm not unhappy if you don't feel good about it because it's not about how we feel anyway. It's about the good that we're doing for someone else. Sure. And this year, really more than ever, our holidays are going to look very different, you know, who, who we may be celebrating with. Uh, so and, and maybe not being with somebody is the kindest act of love you can, you can pass on to them. Yeah. And a good opportunity to, to just look out for our neighbors, you know, to check in on them. There, there's many ways to do that these days. So lots to think about. We are getting ready for the Advent season, but first we're going to enjoy the end of the liturgical year this Sunday. We'll see you in person or online. God bless everybody. All right, let's do another 175. Amen. Amen.